Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, sports fans, to another episode of the Charity Stripe Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home, on the road, in the air, or in the water, do you believe? We got a great show for you guys today. We're going to get into everything. We got our baseball recap. We're going to talk to Anthony Joshua fight. We're also going to talk about the wild and wacky Brew McCoy situation. So get ready because here we go. Three, two, one. We're back. We sitting here. I'm supposed to be the franchise player. And we in here talking about practice. Clock at five. Cash is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History final. Tie game. Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Bases loaded. Two out. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Hit your free throws because they free. So with 158 coming hot at you guys, and so with 157. And I'm flanked on my left by offensive coordinator Nikki Snacks Kreider is back from birthright. This is so exciting, dude. <laughs> How was you have a great time or what? Yeah, amazing. So, so life-changing and liberating. And spiritual, I'm sure. You look tan. Yeah. You look very tan. Toss <laughs> cannot make it to the show today. He's with his family. Um, he's got family in town. And you know what? At the Charity Stripe... We love being together. We love being all together for the show. But when religion and family calls, sometimes and, you just, bo- and boozy brunches and boozy brunches, exactly. Sometimes listen, I'm not going to get in, in the middle of you at a boozy brunch. Everyone knows that. You, you got to let the birds fly from the nest a little bit, you know. And you, you respect it. I do. You do. All right. Well, how about respect this? We're just going to kick it off with fan questions. I respect that. That's what we do on this show. That's what the effing show is about. So, question number one, dear Josh and Nick from the Charity Stripe. What was up with the Brew McCoy situation? And that's from Garrett in Texas. Like, what the hell was up with that? So, for those of you who don't know, break who Brew McCoy is, uh, he was him. the top at number one athlete recruit coming out of this recruiting class in 2019, who originally committed to USC mm-hmm. and then transferred to the University of Texas mm-hmm. after being with them for like a month mm-hmm. because Cliff Kingsbury ultimately did not end up being the head coach at USC. He found O-coordinator. a coordinator. Lo- yeah, the O coordinator there. Um, and so basically, they, he said, I'm going to go to Texas. Um, and after spring football, he decided that he's going to transfer back to USC. This yeah. is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen, transferring twice it's in weird. six months. It's from a, on a serious note, or like on a more serious note, my mindset in this whole situation is Brew McCoy clearly was spooked that Kingsbury had left. That kind of freaked him out a bit, I'm sure. 
Yeah. And he comes to Texas, all right, and then he gets a little homesick, which, you know what? It happens. I'm, come on. I mean, like, I'm not, I would be lying to say if I did not have an adjustment period. I came from New York to go to University of Texas, and I had a small adjustment period. Everyone goes through that, you know? It's not all willy-nilly, and he's under a lot of pressure. He's a big scholarship athlete. They probably, they probably are going to try to implement him right away, despite having – we have some good returning receivers in Colin, Duvernay. You know, these guys are good receivers, but he was – I'm sure he would see us like a time as a third or fourth or fifth receiver. He'd get in the game. Yeah, he would definitely make an impact. He would definitely make an impact. Um, but maybe he just didn't vibe with it, you know, and then he wants to go back to USA. Listen, it's a huge decision. The weird part is is that he's just so flip-floppy on changing his mind. And one, no offense to him, I'm sure he's a good guy. You don't want a guy like that in the locker room if you're trying to win a national championship. No. Which, call me biased, but I think Texas, that's their, that has to be their mindset this year. If there's any yeah. question in your mind, if you want to be part of that program, you do not need to be there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if you're Texas and you just beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl at the season's end and you're returning your quarterback, you're returning your head coach, you're returning your quote-unquote top receiver, you, you you have to have the mindset and a good, you know, defensive backfield, I think, a very good, it's one of the strong suits there. You, you have to have the mindset that this year is the year that they're going to go for the national championship. Yeah, I believe so. And I think this is the worst OU team. I mean, you never effing know with these guys that we've seen, like we spoke about a couple weeks ago. But I think this is in Texas's mind. They're at least going for the playoffs and going for the Big 12 championship. So you can't have any kind of you know neglect or negativity or, or question marks around you know guys in the locker room. And, and also like you know what, like springtime in Austin is like the fucking best. Yeah. Oh my god. Maybe he just won't enjoy one spring in Austin. Who knows? Dude, like bury me in springtime in Austin. Like <laughs> I, I when the best time to go to college in the world is springtime. In Austin, and I'm not. I'm really not being biased. I mean, like, there's parties, like all darties, darties, not even just parties, darties, 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 dude. There's a lot of darties, dude. And there's pool parties, and there's rooftop parties, and barges, barges. Oh my, on the lake. There's yeah. no way this guy was not on. Not oh, he definitely him. went on a barge. The, the, the football players definitely threw down on barges. How do you like not like stay there after one? Barge in the lake. Yeah. One barge in the lake. I don't you know. Go to, you go to NOLA. There's there's so many cool things to do in Austin in the spring. Yeah. It is a beautiful city. It's an up-and-coming city. The food is great. And listen, we live in Los Angeles. I like Los Angeles. USC is campus is sickening. And I can understand why he would want to go there in the first place. Well, he's from, it's, he's from he's the from L.A. California. area. He, you wants, know, to, he wants to probably play at home. But his family wanted him to go to Texas. I mean, I think something maybe that we don't know that hasn't come out yet has, has will, will surface. I heard, but it's... I'm, I mean, this is... Is not confirmed that it was because of a girl that he's he was chasing I was a girl back say, home. I was gonna say that girls will make you do crazy things. I mean, this guy's what nineteen years old. Like, yeah, man, <laughs> you never he's know. A kid, he's a kid. You know, he's probably in love with some girl, and you know, sometimes you love a girl more than the game. It's true. Which, when you're six three, two ten, and fast as lightning, that could be a mistake. Yeah, five star. You know, number one athlete. You may want to love the game more than the girl for like six more years, and then yeah. go for it. And then go. Maybe for even it. just three more years. Three more years, like not yeah. forever, bro. Like, listen, cash in that check and then yeah, love the girl. I, I just think if you're looking at USC versus Texas, like Herman is so secure, Sam is so secure, and the, the program is heading in the right direction. Yeah, well, the, we're in win now mode. I don't USC, think USC's no, not. No, because they're like it's wash. They're I would in rebuild. Wa- they're in rebuild. It's Washington and Oregon. Those are our teams that were juggling around. And I would throw Stanford with KJ Costello out of them, you know? I would throw them in the mix over over USC. I'm not psyched about USC yeah. this year. Honestly, though, if he doesn't want to be part of the program, I don't care. I mean, we got plenty of wide receivers. we got plenty of talent. I'm uh, excited to see Jake Smith. He's the next best wide receiver in the recruiting class. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus Washington. Um, 
like right now, like the entire receiving core is fine. Like yeah, you mentioned, Juvenile. Colin Johnson is supposed to be like the number one wide receiver coming out of the draft next year. Uh, eh, we'll see. Eh, he's we'll like see. top five. We'll six. see. He's good. Yeah, he, listen, he's good. Big body receiver. He's a beast. He, he's what Sam needs. Yeah. You know what? He needed another year of seasoning. I thought. I think it was like a smart move for him yeah. to go back to college. I thought it would have been a smart move for LJ to go back to college too, but he didn't. And well, he'll just hurt him. It hurt him, but he'll just rock it in New Orleans, honestly, because yeah. he'll see playing time there. Moving on to question number two. Dear Josh and Nick from the Charity Stripe. Biggest playoff upsets in the NBA since 2000. That's from Bailey in Pennsylvania. And I think this kind of this question was sparked from a poll. Love it. I love like when we can, you know, incite questions. And it's tough because the people come at us and go, what's bigger upset? Mavs uh, versus the Heat or Cavs versus the Warriors. And in those situations, to me, the first of all, I think the Mavs over the Heat is a bigger upset. Oh, yeah. You can't say LeBron's Cavs team. With Kyrie and with Caleb. Kyrie and Caleb like is a, a sec- after playing together for a second year. Yeah, no. Which, I mean, the comeback itself was, you know, pretty, it was amazing. But the, the upset in general, I mean, yeah. Dirk, old Jason Kidd, old, like middle-aged Jason Terry. Like these yeah. guys, he's like a bunch of like vets and like decent players, you know, good guys, but like, you know, J.J. Brea played out of his mind mm-hmm. and Dirk played one of the best performances in not only in NBA playoff history, but probably in sports playoff history in general. And the Heat just were just caught off guard, kind of similar to, it was kind of like Ruiz versus Joshua in a sense. Yeah. Not like, not as big of an underdog, obviously, but he was just, caught off guard I think I think the Heat were just not ready for that and they were too cocky going into that finals and they got blindsided but the I would say there's a couple bigger there's upsets. one for me that really hurts is when the Clippers blew the 3-1 playoff lead against the Rockets mm. yeah that's a blown lead that's a, that's a bad yeah. one you can't be doing that and as far as upsets go it was a pretty big upset when the Pistons beat the Lakers, like in two thousand four, for the title. When the Lakers had, you know, they'd gone from a three peat. I watched that in Hawaii. Really? Yeah, that was awesome. They they they, got, they won the three peat, like two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two. Yeah. Had a quote unquote off year where they only won fifty games in 03. and then in two thousand four. You know, you got Shaq, you got Kobe, and then they bring in Carl Malone, they bring in Gary Payton, they bring in Horace Grant. I mean, Horace Grant's a guy that's won before. Carl Malone's been there before. You know, Gary Payton's a Hall of Famer, and they're towards the end of their career, but they bring in these veterans. And it, listen, this Pistons team was just literally the group of right guys. That starting five was just so sound together. And they were, they, the Lakers were a big time favorite, and, and they upset them. That was an upset when the Magic beat or LeBron's number one seeded 66 win team. To go to the finals, you remember that in 2009? Mm. Dwight. Dwight, when Dwight was Defensive Player of the Year, won three Defensive Players in the year in a row. People always forget that he ruined his career with his mouth. I, <laughs> I, he's did. Yeah. He did. It's, it's, it is honestly, like, minus the championships, it's the same thing that Kurt Schilling did. It really is. I don't want to go as far as that. Dude, the guy was all, the guy is a Hall of Fame player. Yeah. If he, he's a Hall of Fame player, Dwight Howard, who may not make the Hall of Fame because of the way he's acted in public. It's just the truth. You know, like I, I, I would like I if I ever get to the point or if we ever get to the point, which, you know what? Who knows? Where the charity stripes going started in the bedroom, still in the bedroom, but it's a better bedroom. Nicer yeah. bedroom. Nicer bedroom. Nicer equipment. Nicer equipment. You know, what if we could be what if we're voting on this one day? What if we're part of the writers group? And you know what? It becomes like the podcasters. Like that's like the next level that they move up to. And we are in on involved. I, I don't know if I'm going to vote Dwight Howard in because of the way that action and it never affects me for Kurt Schindler, It doesn't affect me at all. For Dwight Howard, it kind of does a little bit because just the way he's carried himself. Not like a superstar, but that 09 team with Rashard Lewis, 
Hiru Turgalu. Richard Lewis and Hiru Turgalu, it was like pissing in the toilet for those guys. Sober, like, boom, could not miss. Dead so- dead on every time, right in the water. It was a weird comparison. But it's like the truth. Pissing it's, in the toilet, sober. Yeah, well, it's easy. Like, you know, like, knock it in. Not, no, no spray, no miss. No rimming out. And then that was an upside. Asterisk against it when D. Rose in that shortened lockout season, when D. Rose had the Bulls f- high flying, they were like they won like fifty games. You know they won fifty and sixteen, I, th- I believe, off the top of the, the sixty six game one. And D. Rose, that was when he tore his ACL, and that was that was the beginning of the end. And Philadelphia I, beat them. I, I think I, a lot of people probably saw this, but there was a Instagram um, post couple maybe like last week where it was like which what would you have rather seen oh it was really good one on yeah it was yeah, would you rather really seen Shaq and Kobe stay together um there was another one about was it MJ playing against Kobe or I don't know what LeBron it was versus Kobe. LeBron versus Kobe something like that but like one of the other ones was never to see D Rose tears ACL and, and that's by, that's by, by far, far the, the easiest choice easiest choice you can't pick any I mean Shaq I mean look at Kobe versus LeBron I, I think would have been underwhelming I really do. I think if that would the, in the time they were supposed to mean, uh, Shaq had left. I don't think their teams were as exciting. Yeah, I think an exciting matchup would be like a hypothetical when Kobe had Pow and LeBron had Caleb and Kyrie, and yeah. they were both flying at their best in Cleveland. The matchups are intriguing, but like the fact that I, I would much rather have seen D Rose play his entire career healthy and see yeah. how good he would have been. He would have had. I don't know how he would have. I'm curious to see how he would have adapted to the modern NBA. I mean, he really developed a three point shot this year, but it, it's now late in his career. It's kind of like a Jay Kidd move where he's kind of adapted his game as he's yeah. gotten slower and older. But I, his explosiveness, you know, would have been so exciting and intriguing to see in that in that, in that three or four year grace period before we, where we are right now with the NBA. And I, that to me, that it's a great thing you bring up, Nick. Because I thought that was a really cool, you know, post on Instagram. But it's just so blatantly D Rose. Yeah. And so those are the, some upsets I want to throw. Out. And then I'll throw out when the Mavs, you know, botch city against the number eight seed Warriors. <laughs> yeah. You can't be doing that in the first round. You can't. You can't. You can't be doing that in the first round, man. You cannot. It's it's an embarrassment. No. It's an embarrassment. Question number three. Question number three, dear Josh and Nick. Because I always say Josh, Nick, and Toss, but he got Toss not here. He's not. He's with family. Yeah, but Josh and Nick is Kawhi the best in the world. That's from Alex in New York. Um, I'll actually speak for Toss and myself, and I'm I'm pretty confident you're on this train too. That it's still KD. No, I bl- I believe it's still KD as well. Uh, Kawhi is playing his balls off. But what do you think of this? KD is 1A and Kawhi is 1B. Because yeah. I don't think it's 1 and 2. I don't. I think it's 1A, 1B. I think KD is less than full ahead of Kawhi. I think Kawhi has just been complete, uh, completely unbelievable. Yeah, he's been great. There's no doubt in my mind he's the second best player in the world. I, I can't have LeBron. I think LeBron's still the best player ever. I really do. I think he's the most gifted player, you know, with court vision passing ability he's just all around ability in his prime but he's like what 35 30 he's gonna be 36 soon it's not it's over the hill it's no longer he's like i don't think he'll fizzle out or you know hopefully he doesn't have the injuries that kobe does but i think he'll start moving into tim duncan territory where he's not you could win with him as like the next best guy mm-hmm. but him winning with him as the best player in your team not so much anymore because I, I don't think he's more valuable or more electric or, or more dangerous than even Steph Curry is. Well, if they want to win, they have to bring in someone who's better than him. Mm-hmm. They have to bring in someone or like just more, more Or like, yeah, 80, more durable, you know, more effective, and, and, and younger, and younger. I, I get, 
LeBron is still a better basketball player than Giannis, so I, I wouldn't throw him. At, I would still throw him at my four. I would, I would go KD, Kawhi, Steph Curry, LeBron right now at the four. But then boom, Harden, Giannis, boom, 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 like five A, five B. Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, and then you get Dame in there. Right now, for me, Kawhi is is playing unbelievably, but I still see him miss open shots every now and then. And it's just like you don't, I don't see KD miss those shots. No, he's KD. I mean, I, Kawhi affects a bit on more on the defensive end, but KD is just a sniper, dude. He's yeah. just a he's just a dead easy money dude. sniper. He, he's just like a killer, dude. And not that Kawhi is not a killer. It's just a different kind of KD knows he could beat you so many ways offensively. Yeah. Any any way you could kind of think of, he can do. And anytime he wants. If he wants to go get 40, he will go get 40. If that's what he needs to do. If if he was playing, I, I think they'd be up 2 0. I don't think they I, I, I don't completely think agree. I don't think that. there'd be a question. I think they're gonna I think they were smart to let him rest tonight. I think they knew all he had to do was go get one in Toronto. DeMarcus showed up. Probably had like what six assists at one yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but he had a double double with I think he had seven assists, six mm-hmm. assists. I mean, it's exactly what you want from first start in the playoffs. Yeah, first big game in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, he came in at like eight minutes last game. I mean, it's exactly what you need out of Demarcus Cousins and Clay got hurt. I mean, this team is kind, of, and it's, their depth is not good. Livingston's old, Iguodala's old, Jarebko, Bogut. Come on, this depth, the depth is nowhere near the depth of the Raptors. And Siakam and Van Vliet. Siakam and Van Vliet remind me of mini Lowry and mini Kawhi. Just kind of the way they, like the fire that Van Vliet, like the, he's not, he's like undersized, yeah. you know, big bodied, but like a bulldog defender kind of. He, he's fast. He's good, good dribbles, you know. Good. He's played better than Lowry, I think, in this final. He's been great. He had a great game again today. And I think Siakam, the way he's built, kind of reminds me of Kawhi. I mean, I don't think they're up to the par in skill, obviously, no. or consistency, even close yet. But they, they kind of remind me of like Kawhi and K Lau Light a little bit. Um, but I think, yeah, I think we're both in agreement that Kawhi is number two behind KD in the world right now. Question number four, Dear Josh and Nick from the Charity Stripe. Who would you have taken in a redraft, Reggie Bush or Maurice Jones-Drew? That's from Alex in Los Angeles. Both like 06 picks. Both 06 picks. Reggie was the two. MGD was in the third round. Both Reggie guys, was right behind Mario Williams. Mario Williams, yeah, and then... MJD got passed by all 32 teams and repped number 32 his entire career. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, I would have taken Rich Jones Drew looking back at it. He's a three-time pro bowler, one-time all-pro, led the league in rushing in 2011. I think Maurice Jones Drew was a better running back. I also think it helped that he had less. I mean, Reggie Bush was worked at USC. And you know what? Say what you will, man, that the the more so than any position in the NFL, mileage matters in the running back oh, spot. for sure. It's, look, look, it's, look, it's look, the look, shortest career. Leonard Fournette. Look what's happened to him. It's not... You still it, don't know, though. He could still bounce back. But it's not, an, it's not an accident, though. The guy is injured too often, and it's because he was ran into the ground from his fr- from high school on. Yeah. From high school on, it's guys like a human truck stick. And, and it matters. Like Reggie Bush is used in so many facets of the game at USC. He comes in. And you know what? Hindsight 2020, I would still, I think Maurice Jones-Drew had the better career as a running back. You I would still st- take Reggie? Yeah, I really would. Because I don't think the Saints would have won the Super Bowl without him. Well, Reggie also did more than just be running exactly, back. Exactly, exactly. He was a returner, returner, you know, but also in the past game. He was so, he had like 500, one year he had like 500 yards on the ground, 500 yards in the air, like 500 yards returning, like so many all-purpose yards. And it just added, like, his, like, with his, his ability to kind of move about 
and affect every facet of the game. Yeah, pound for pound, like running the football down the gut is not nearly as effective as Maurice Jones-Drew. But his like he's just like you know he's like a Swiss Army knife, and the Swiss Army knife in the NFL is huge. And he was at his prime, at his best. He's like one of the best Swiss Army knives to do it. He yeah, really but is. I mean, I don't know if you compare the stats. Maurice Jones-Drew's got sixty-eight touchdowns, and Reggie Bush has 30, 36. and Reggie's played eight more games than him in his career. So I mean, oh yeah, no, listen, I'm like with you. I'm with you. I'm with you that Maurice Jones-Drew is a better running back. He's a he's a he's an RB one. Yeah, yeah, he's an RB one. Reggie's a Swiss Army knife, like you said. I just I still it's crazy. I still think I would have taken Reggie because I think that's what they needed. Also, I, I wouldn't have taken either of them at the number two overall pick. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's I I feel like reaching if you're taking a running back that we early. went four to Berkershaw Ferguson because Vince Young went three. I mean, you're the draft savant. You I tell am me. the draft savant. I'm telling you, it's the British off Ferguson. I probably would have taken him, honestly. You know, I, 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 I you can't pay me like running back in the top five is. It's too. You can't do. It's, like, you it's can't, tough, man. You like, can't do that. It, you can't. You just don't know. You want a guy in the top five that's going to be on your team for ten years. Line quarterback done or defensive line line. Line, yeah, yeah. I'm line. Sorry, I'm yeah, yeah, no, yeah, 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 no, I'm with you. Yeah, line. quarterback or, or or D or O line. One yeah. of the one of the three. It's like like Mary Williams is like a no brainer right there, you know, at the one. Yeah, yeah of it course. Was the Brickishaw. <sighs> I mean, Man, that was a weak. Who do you, it was a weak draft. Who, I mean, who else do you take? I mean, D'Angelo Williams. You know, D'Angelo Williams was the next running. No, he wasn't even the next running. Maroney was actually twenty one by the Patriots. Yeah, this is a weak draft class. Really honestly. weak draft class. I mean, yeah. Vernon Davis, Dante Whitner, Jay Cutler, Haloti Nada. Antonio Cromartie, Tom Bahali. The, the the quarterback position is such a freaking crapshoot, dude. I know. <sighs> I would. It, I the that's why I'm saying that. That's like I think I might be too old school, but I don't think I'm wrong. I think you need to have your entire team in place, ready to rock and roll, before you go and get your franchise quarterback. I don't know if that's true because I don't think or the, close. I don't think I the think, Browns had their entire team ready to rock and roll and got Baker. But cl- I'm sorry, close in the right direction. In the right direction, where you're, you cannot, you can't be a team on the down taking a quarterback or a team like the, when the Texans took David Carr in their first ever draft. Like, I don't like. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't care how David good David Carr is or was go, supposed to be. But it's just not going to work right. because you have nothing around him. You need something around the quarterback. Like I, I don't think they, the, the Cardinals didn't have a lot around Liner when he first came out, and then it kind of hurt him his first couple of years. And then when they did get enough around him, the Kurt Warner's right there, and Kurt Warner's like a better quarterback. I, I also think that all those quarterbacks that the Browns drafted might have succeeded elsewhere if they weren't on the shitty ass Browns. I think I think Manziel was fucked from Jump Street. I do. I don't. I don't think it's anything to do with his play on the football field. I just think his overall attitude. I think Whedon was a, just a completely slouch choice. Well, you can't pick a twenty-eight-year-old quarterback. No. Come on, like that's a. But, but I mean, like, was, what about was, Brady Quinn? Yeah, I, I was gonna. Know. I was gonna say Brady. Who Quinn. knows what he would have done? Brady Quinn is the only guy. I'm like, you know what? Wrong, right guy, wrong place. Yeah, wrong place. Like, you know, he he's he should not have been drafted there. That was a little unfortunate. I thought the Dolphins that year would take him at nine. I think that was a good that situation. Would have been a good fit. They would do good fit instead of Ted Ginn, but he turned out to be weak too. That's what I'm saying. The core. I think Jamarcus Russell was also a QB taking. Man, I was like, what the? 
you guys could go on your own. You go through the first rounds of QBs on your own. And it's like you could look. The, they work more often than not. They don't work out. Honestly, I think that if you're an organization that is struggling and, and you need to rebuild, you need to build the defense first. Because you could shut teams down and you could manage okay with an okay offense. You know, you can get a placeholder quarterback until that team is completely ready to go. Then you get your guy. That's what I'm saying. I think you're 100% right. I think I, I think that's kind of what the Bears have done. The Bears were kind of like on the dead. They were like low and on the ground. They're not doing that great. But their defense was kind of getting better. They take Trubisky, let him marry it a year, bring him in towards the end. And in his second year, they make one or two slight moves. And have the best defense in the league. And the best defense in the league. And then he, he now he's a He has the third, confidence, too. He has and the confidence. He's in his third year. He's been to the playoffs. It, it's a completely – that's why I, I liked him as your pick. It sands the loss of Vic Fangio. I think that's going to hurt them. I, I really do. But Chuck Pagano is a good defensive coordinator. I he think is. it's a good replacement for them. Um, and it's like, that's like the kind of process you need to have. The Jaguars just throwing caution at the wind. I mean, they should know. I think Gabbert and Bortles were both kind of mediocre picks, too, to be honest. Too early. Too early for them. I mean, the Buccaneers, Josh Freeman was, you know. Do you remember him? Yeah, I don't know. Josh Freeman was interesting because he had to, he showed a lot of promise in Tampa. I just think I just don't think that team could ever click. Yeah, I think he, that team never clicked. I think he off the field. So that's we'll looking back week. at it, we'll look at Jameis though. You think Jameis was a, was a reach for that pick too? Because they haven't really been able to put together either. He he's I I don't like him off the field. I think you know you'll watch that documentary on him about the girl, and I think you'll have a very negative view of Jameis Winston. All non-football issues aside, as a football player, you got to take that guy. He's one of the best college quarterbacks I think I've ever seen. Yeah, but that team's not ready when he's when he's taken. I at that point you can't like you can't you pass. can't miss an opportunity. Yeah, you same thing take, with Mariota, right? Yeah, same thing with Mariota. You got to got to go for these guys. Like these are the two of the best college quarterbacks. It's not like yeah. it's not like we're like kind of like it's not like this year where we're like okay Kyler, but then maybe Daniel Jones. Maybe Dwayne Haskins, and we're kind of like trying to figure our way around and like piece together the quarterbacks behind Kyler. It's like, who are you going to even take, Jameis or Mariota? Two of the best college quarterbacks. Like, come on, Mariota, how good was they both Mariota? won Heisman's? Mariota's Heisman year was just something out of a goddamn movie. Yeah, he threw up three interceptions all year to like forty the, touchdowns. The guy was the guy was unfathomably good. And then Jameis's his Heisman year when he won the national championship as a redshirt freshman, I actually made a that was like one of the craziest calls I've ever made in my entire life. I bet somebody fifty bucks at the beginning of the year that Jameis Winston was going to win the Heisman. You were in high school, right? No, we were freshmen in college. Oh, we're, oh, that's right. He's only a year older than us. You're freshman in college. I bet them because I watched. I love the Elite Eleven, and I watched that kid play. I'm like, damn, this guy is good. Yeah, this guy's a good quarterback. But yeah, I mean, going back to the original question, I think the Maurice Jones Drew situation. He's a better running back. No, no question. But I think for what the Saints needed. I think that was their pick. If they're gonna pick between the two, yeah, I would have taken MJD. But whatever. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I'm see, I'm not agree with you. I totally see what you're saying. Mm. Cool. I'm glad you do. Uh, question number five, dear Josh and Nick. Well, charity stripe. Can the Red Sox catch the Yankees long term this season? That's from Ethan in New York. Uh, no, no, I don't think so. They're eight and a half back right now. And now is kind of where the chickens have come to roost in baseball. You kind of got to get get things revved up and going in June. Now June's a time to click. Well, here's the problem is that the Yankees are doing all this without Stanton. 
without I, Judge, without I, Severino, without Didi. Yankees, it's the best assembled team. I'm. I, this is could be a little intense of me to say, but I th- I really think it's the best assembled team I've ever seen in my life. It's pretty fucking scary. <laughs> it's it, like, come on, you have the best catcher in baseball. Yeah, the two best power hitters in baseball the, when they're the, the best or two of the three. The best JD. bullpen ever. Ottavino, yeah, the Batanz, and Batanz is in healthy either. Right. Severino, Pax and Severino, Tanaka is very sound. Hap and, and Sabathia is a very, it's no guys are like number one. Pax at his best is a number one. Severino at his best is a number one, but they generally don't operate at right. complete dominance. And Tanaka is like a 2-3. Those guys are twos. You know, Severino could go back to a 2-4, but yeah. he's generally a two. Hap's a four, CeCe's a five. But they have good, it's like they have a sound rotation. Sick bullpen. The lineup is literally like, come on, Torres, and and Urshela, the guy. What the? Who are these? Well, hold on. First of all, who is Urshela before this season? He, he can't. But like, it's like the Andor thing last year. I know these guys. They, whoever it just whoever they call up, Clint Frazier has been great for them. Cameron Voigt, Nate, Luke Voigt. Voigt. He, but that was a great that, Cashman. Other than Belichick, is the best GM in sports. He's great. He's unbelievable. He's the best GM in sports. He, the team, this this team that he's assembled is phenomenal. There's nothing more that he can do. Nothing. Like this, really, like he could maybe go get Keiko. I don't think they need it. I don't think that. I think it's a waste of money. Honestly, uh, uh, if you do it on a one year deal, I think you can uh, do it. Yeah, you waste of money. Waste of money. What else are they gonna spend the money on this year? I don't think they need to spend the money this year. They might honestly, if if I'm the Yankees right now, I would take Keiko on a one year deal because right now they're in the best position they can possibly be in. Take a little bit of that stress off. When you don't have Severino, bring in Keiko for a one-year deal. I mean, it's not your money. It's not the Yankee fans' money. I mean, they have the money to do it. Why as well do it? I, the one team I think that should bring in Keiko, ironically, is the Rays. The I mean, they already have an amazing rotation. Yeah, but they do that. They they run that like four or five guy thing with Yarbrough, you know. Yeah, with with, with uh, Pagan and these guys like look, Be- there's pl- there's plenty of teams that I think can can use Keiko. Yeah, I I, I don't think the issue is with the Yankees, and I think the issue is with the Red Sox not being able to catch them versus the Yankees running away with it. I think the issue with the Red Sox, and this is something that they're lacking after really you know really having it last year, the long ball. Yeah. Like JD Martinez, like twelve. Listen, he's having he's hitting well. Was he twelve home runs or eleven? Twelve. Twelve home runs, which is like he's hitting below three hundred too. Just a hair. Yeah, or he's hitting around three hundred. But he's not hitting like three fifty like last year. No, but he'll get like he's but he was he hit a slow spot. He'll get back. Bogarts and him are at twelve. Mookie's like not not in double digits yet, or like he's at ten, I think. Yeah. And then and then Devers is hitting great. Chavis is great. Chavis is great. Those guys have been great. But they're Ben and Tenny's been a complete disappointment. But I still have faith that he'll bounce back. I think he'll have a good June. If he has a good June, then I'm not worried. The issue I'm again is JD Martinez. Like that's what they were missing two years ago when they got bounced in the first round of the playoffs against the Astros. That they were missing the long ball. And that's why I'm like, okay, in the offseason you have to go get JD Martinez. That's the number one, number two, number three, number four, number five mission. You have to go out and get JD Martinez. And they did that, and that's why they won the World Series. I think they need they need the long ball back because a lot that's you know what that's what the Yankees have like say what you like Devoit is not a better hitter than J.D. Martinez neither is Glaber and neither is Sanchez but Sanchez is like 19 18 home runs right now the guy is belting shit you know and that you can't you can't coach that the guys and like the Astros Bregman is smacking the ball Springer before he got hurt was crushing it same with Correa like these guys are putting the ball in the bleachers and like that's just the way it's the way the game is now 
you want to win games, you got you need to start putting the ball in the bleachers. You need that home run ball going. And it doesn't help that I think when Eovaldi comes back, the Red Sox have to throw Eovaldi into the bullpen. I think he needs to be the closer. I think that's the safest move. I think you have to keep him a closer, long reliever, keep it price, sale. Sale's been fine. Price is kind of getting it back together. Purcello's obviously been a bit shaky and disappointing, but he's your fourth pitcher. Erod at his best is your number three. And then you could kind of mess around with like other guys and you know flash other guys here and in there. I, I just don't think the Sox are built as well as the Yankees. I think Verlander is having an un- Verlander is having an outstanding year, solidifying his Hall of Fame career. They just passed Cy Young in strikeouts yesterday. Really? Yeah, he passed Cy Young for the most, or for not for the most, he just in general, general? all time strikeouts. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. It's pretty. It's it's epic. When's he gonna hit three thousand? Uh, I think he already has. Maybe no, I don't know. He's Let's see. Three thousand Ks. But listen, I think Verlander's been sick. Garrett, I mean, I think the Astros are built better than that. And I think the Twins like are legit. Like we said it last time, the Twins. Are the Twins legit. have the best offense in baseball right now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they they're hitting home runs. They got the long ball going. He's not. He's, they score runs. He's not past. He's not. He's not past three thousand. But he's led the league in strikeouts one, two, three, four, five times. He's having a Cy Young year, man. Yeah. Verlander's been complete dynamite. But the Twins are suit. Odorizzi's been fantastic. Yeah, he has. He's been really good. They're, the bullpen's been pretty sound with a bunch of no-name guys for, for you know across the board. And their line they, could, more, they could use Kimbrell. They could really use Kimbrell. They could use Keiko. I mean, they, they, this is, these are the teams that have to do it. I think the Indians, um, the Indians, this is their worst nightmare. Yeah, no, they're done. Worst nightmare. Jose Ramirez has been complete garbaggio. I didn't think he was. I didn't think he was going to be good. I mean, I, I think they should blow it up. Oh yeah, keep Lindor and blow everything else up. But like the, the, the like send Kluber somewhere. Send, but he's hurt. When he gets healthy, send him somewhere. I don't know. But he's hurt for a while. Send uh, um, Bauer. But like, this is like the whole Clevenger, Kluber hurt. Carrasco been eh. Bauer has been horrible. Yeah, but someone will still take him. Yeah, of course, but he's been horrible the last month, dude. He's been horrendous. It's like the worst case. The Indians are worst case scenario right now. I guess we'll kind of bleed this into our baseball recap for the month um, of June of May, right? The NL is kind of like a wide open horse race. There's a lot of really scary teams in the NL. Not, I'm not like scared. Like, uh, like the the Astros and the Yankees and the Twins are scary. Those, okay, look, those guys are the top dogs. Where it's like they've they've pretty much solidified their spots. Astros are making the playoffs. I think Twins are making the playoffs. Yankees make playoffs. That's solidified, I feel like. I feel like there's no one that's going to be able to catch them. I mean, the Dodgers, I think, are in the same boat. I think the Dodgers are in the same boat there. But when you look at the rest, with Milwaukee and Atlanta, you know, and the Cardinals and the Cubs, all those teams are The Cubs are good, man. Kyle Hendricks has been pitching out of his mind. Yeah. Rizzo has been disgusting, so has Bryant. That team is really good. But the Brewers, the Cardinals are still in the mix. The Rockies have been yeah. Rockies are surging eight, eight in a row. Yeah, Arenado, God, come on, man, he's like the second best player in baseball. I really think he's the second best player in baseball. He's nice. He he's in four hundred this month. <sighs> he's the best third baseman. He's the best third baseman of, my, of our lifetime. You think? I mean, if he keeps it up the way he's doing, it, yeah. I, I, A Rod was good. Yeah, I mean, but if you're talking about. A-Rod as a third baseman or as a shortstop. I mean, A-Rod like, was an unbelievable third baseman. And he was. He was. That's why I'm saying if Arenado keeps this up, maybe he takes over A-Rod. Mm-hmm. And, he, and his legacy won't be tarnished by steroids. 
Mm, yeah, I think Arenado has just been completely. He's one of my favorite players to watch. He's he's phenomenal to watch. Yeah. And then that one two punch with him and Story, Stories and Dahl. It's a great team. Blackman could be hard for a little bit, and Tapia has been good. That team is really good. McMahon's kind of decent. Rogers is a good call up. That team's really good, man. That team's really their pitching's always just going to be complete cock. No one's ever going to want to pitch there ever. Yeah, well, you can't. Like everyone's like, oh, they were talking on the radio. They're like, like, I don't understand why the Rockies are so bad at interleague play. Well, when they go to the American League teams, you know, they they may not be as well equipped with that DH bat that the American League teams already have. So that's kind of a toss-up that every NL team has to go through. And when the American League teams come to hit in Colorado, like it's the, already the hardest it's place like, to let's hit. Let's have some, some batting practice. It's like <laughs> it's the hardest place to hit. That's why. That's why they give up the league. Well, I wonder why they give up the most runs in interleague play. Because half their games in interleague play are played in Colorado yep. at Coors. Uh, and yeah, that's kind of baseball. What's going on with baseball right now? Like anything changed for you? you? Like any hot predictions you got going on right now? I mean, Josh Bell was like the strongest man. Yeah, game. for me right now, like the players that are just sort of freaking amazing. Josh Bell, Cody Bellinger, and Christian Yelich. I mean, that hasn't really changed. At the, the, the Rizzo, I think too. I think Rizzo and Brian have joined them. Yeah. And that and those five, I think it's those five. I would say right now, if it ended today, Bellinger would be my MVP. Uh, yeah, followed closely by Josh Bell or Yelich. I, or Yelich. Yelich, yeah. I think Rizzo is like the four, though. Could be. I think he's been discussing. Or like, honestly, Ryu? Yeah. He, what the f- Cy Young. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And Giolito or Verlander. A lot of it's, it's becoming a young man's game. It's good to see the guys like Giolito pan out. Even Byron Buxton's kind of getting it together. You know, it's good to see these guys kind of, you know, figuring their shit out. Definitely. The Harper thing is not look great. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> how's the, how's Machado? I haven't been really. He's I, okay. I mean, he's hitting like 250 right now. Yeah. Nine home runs, but like he's playing like a gold glover. He's taking over at shortstop because Tatis has been out. So can't complain there. Yeah. His, his war still. Renfro and Reyes are just good bombers. Oh, I love that. Once Tatis gets back, I think the Padres will be he's, he's starting his, um, Luchesi's his rehab. Sick. He's starting his rehab assignment on Monday. So they're pitching. Luchazzi's been sick. He's Lucchesi's dope. Yeah. Uh, Chris Paddock has had you know a couple of bumps in the road, but he's he's still got an ERA under two five, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. He he's been. Lauer's Lauer's been, been playing well. Like Lauer's been dynamite. And then I gotta give it up to my man Kirby Yates. Yeah. Twenty two out of twenty two saves. You you can't be mad at your Padres, Nick. No, I'm happy. I'm. Yeah. They're exceeding expectations, mm-hmm. and they're one game out of the wild card. So I'm not. Not like I'm just waiting on the Mets, dude. The Mets are like one of my picks, and I think I know. I, they're like, but like they're like, why? Like, like everything just needs to click. They can't stay healthy. They the, the manager is kind of like, whatever. He's kind of slouch. He's kind of slouch. He is. I wouldn't be boys with him. I wouldn't be boys with him either. Yeah, well, I'm glad <laughs> we're in agreement. Well, we move on to the like the final segment of the day, I guess, and that's biggest balls of the week. Balls of steel. Biggest balls of the week brought to you by Go Bond and No Chafe Life is a safe life. Biggest balls of the week, Andy Ruiz Jr. Dude, what the hell was that? Anthony <laughs> Joshua was my guy, too. So, Anthony Joshua, the heavyweight champion of the world in, in boxing, TKO'd. Got TKO'd by round. a fat, overweight. Well, the tail of the tape, it's vi- both 29 years old. Joshua's 6'6, Ruiz Jr. is 6'2. 
four inches is big in boxing because that reach, I think his reach was eight, 82 inches, whereas Ruiz was 74. <laughs> it was an eight-inch reach difference. But Joshua is built like a statue. No, he's built like a great god. Yeah. And then Ruiz Jr. is built like the, the guy that you were at the gym. You're like, this guy has got to be first starting. Yeah, he's getting on the new workout plan that the LA Fitness wor- just new, offered him. The new workout plan. He's like on the elliptical for yeah. 10 minutes a day. And it's like he just looks so small against Joshua, but I'm sure in real life he's like 6'2", 280. I'm sure he's just like a behemoth of a man. Yeah. No, I love to and see he, that, though. He just throws handy Joshua to bet on that fight was minus 2,000. So if it you was put, 25 to 1 yeah. in favor of Joshua. You're right. Ruiz was 25 to 1. That <laughs> epic. I, I, I can't believe he looked the like. Thing he, is, the thing is, it kind of sucks for me because I really wanted to see the Anthony Joshua. Dante Wilder fight when they're both undefeated, you know it's like one A one B. You know one of them's gonna knock the other out. Wilder would beat him. Now looking at it now, yes. Deontay, well, I well I think the Anthony Joshua fight's interesting. I think if you really re- if you rewatch the first, the, the, it was over. Joshua takes down Ruiz in the first in the third round, knocks him out. Well, knocks, the, that knocks was it. Knocks him down. Knocks the down. thing is, everyone had. That happening, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, he's gonna get knocked." But that was that was. But Joshua, he was precise. He was clean. He was fighting his fight, quick inside. You know, strong power punches. You know, generating from his lower torque in his body. It's really good boxing strategy and really good technique. And he just took fucking. He took him to the canvas. Ruiz comes in. He's throwing power punches, and he had this one nice move where Joshua came in low and tight with a right uppercut. Ruiz kind of ducked it and came around and hit him in the ear. And I was like, oh, I, I, I watch commentators on I watch back. I was like, look, doing some research on the fight. Because I've been, I've been, I used to be really into boxing. And now I'm like, okay, I'm kind of more curious about it. Because like with Wilder, with Fury, with these big heavyweights right now. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm it's getting. Fun. It's, it's fun. It's fun, man. It's a really fun sport. I'm getting more into I'm getting, re-getting into it again. And Joshua gets hit in the ear. And it's like, wait a second, getting hit in the jaw can knock your lights out. But imagine getting hit. Like you saw, y'all, everyone's seen it in Sherlock Holmes right. with Robert Downey Jr. when he discombobulates the guy in the ear. It's like my go-to move in a fight now. <laughs> I'm not, I've never been in a fight in a while. But if I were to be in a fight, my move is to discombobulate, knock him in the ears. And that's like Ruiz. He, I know he, like, on camera, Ruiz looks like a bus driver. But, like, <laughs> in the ring, I mean, he's a behemoth. And he, his power punches have to be, like, just unworldly smashes. Yeah, he's like Butterball. But, yeah, 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 just the power. There's, like, the sheer power. And getting hit in the ear, like, he, he like, knocked the fluid out of his ear. Can't The guy can't, Joshua can't stand. Nope. Loses his legs, and he never really regained them. No, he was in shock. He was shook. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. I, was, I love it. I love seeing the underdog win like that. I'm a big Joshua fan. I was really pulling for him. I was pulling for him versus Deontay Wilder. There's no Deontay Wilder would smack him. Yeah, I, it's clear that Don, it was also Don Joshua's Wilder's. first fight outside, first like pro fight outside of England. Yeah, Madison Square, uh, Madison Square Garden, like which is pretty like it's weird, crazy. It's a little weird. But that was like have you, you haven't been to like Las Vegas to fight at MGM no, or Caesars? No, like, he keeps it at home, dude. O2, Arena, Wembley. He really, I'm, I'm serious. And he's been fighting in these big arenas. Since the get-go. He's like the prince that was promised, the guy that was brought up, you know, right away. It's not like Wilder, who's like been in like 40 fights. Some of them in like grunt, like, you know, like not like these not elite yeah. places. He's only recently, you know, like the king of the Barclays. Center. I mean, if you go back and look at like all all 40 of Dante Wilder's uh, f- knockouts on YouTube, they're all like 
the first 20 of them are like in rinky dink little gyms. He doesn't have, like, he doesn't, he hasn't built that up. Joshua was marketed so well. Yeah. From the get go. You got to give credit well, to him. Look team. at him, you know? He's exactly what you want. He's exactly what they, what they what they wanted the heavyweights to be. He's exactly what they wanted Lennox Lewis to be. You know, it, it's it's he was so you know chiseled nicely. This is the guy, and the, I think they made a mistake. I think they underestimated Ruiz. I think they underestimated how tough it would be. How, how, no, he, he went from a place where nobody roots against him. No nobody is rooting against him in England. He is he is the king of that sport there. And then he comes over here, and no one wants him. No one wants him to win. No, not the, American no, soil. Not American <laughs> soil. No, they want. They're going to root for the underdog. The Americans. Yeah, tough place to play, man. Tough place to play. He's never not at home field advantage in a fight, and that makes a difference. It does. Have you ever been in a fight where people are yelling at you to lose? <laughs> I have not, because I've not been in that many fights in my life. Been in a few, but not a lot, that many. When was the last time you were in a fight? <laughs> Gosh, probably like like a, like a real fight, or yeah. just like a pushing around type shit. No, like you threw a punch. Uh, high school, probably like like on the football field. That's why we're boys. Like on the football field, like like helmets came off and shit. And yeah, like, but that's why we're boys. You don't fight anymore. No, it's childish. Yeah, that's why we're tight. Uh, you know, that's here I'm, I'm I'm gonna bring up a little story real quick. Story time. So I was having a boozy brunch on Sunday. Yeah. When I missed it, but I was also having a breezy brunch in San Diego. Yeah. So that's where I was this weekend for Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, pal, last weekend. Yeah, this yeah. last weekend. Yeah. So uh, we're day one. It's uh, Friday in San Diego, and we get to my uncle's place, and it's me and three of our friends, and we're just like, hey, like let's just go hit a day bar. You know, yeah. It'll be fun. You you love you love a boozy brunch. You want, yeah. you want some eggs. Right, right, you want right, some right. Toast. You want some mimosas. So, so or bellinis. You like a bellini? I know you do. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, sure, Bellini. Uh so we, we, we go we go hit the the bar. Uh it's called El Prez in yeah. San Diego. It's like okay. it's like the number one spot to be at in San Diego. It's kind of like the bungalow of like Los Angeles or like the bungalow's a good it's like a hot spot. Here. Yeah, it's, people it's, know about exactly. it. Exactly. It's like a hot spot in San Diego. It's called El Prez. Okay. It's like three stories. Um I, so, I like that kind of bar. So yeah, it's fun. So we go up to the top floor and I'm wearing my Texas hoodie. Okay. Right, University of Texas hoodie. Because horns. I'm just like, fuck it. You know what? Like, it's we just got done from driving. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I'm just trying to like, get drunk off margaritas with my boys. Right. Yeah, you're like a, you you dress down in some occasions. Right, right, you right. Go right. against the grain. I know you. Right, 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 you. right. So I'm dressed down. Have my my UT hoodie on. I'm sipping on a big margarita, like the the fat ones that you share with like, like four one. people. Really? Right. Yeah. And so four of us are sharing two of them. So each of us are sharing one. That's like the that's like the issue when you're driving and you get somewhere, and like I remember on spring break sophomore year, we were on plane after plane after plane. We get to the hotel, they're like reading us the rules. We see everyone on the beach that we're friends with from like like high school, like partying. And it's like no one's going. Like everyone just like fuck it, we're exactly. just going and get a hand. and like that's like the most dangerous time. Right, you're just like exactly. You're in so it. so we're 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 taking a few sips here and we're getting kind of buzzed. And I'm walking upstairs and this guy just looks at me and goes. Fuck Texas and puts his horns down. I look at my shirt. I'm like, oh yeah, I am wearing a Texas hoodie right now. I'm like, yeah, who wouldn't want to go to school in Austin, Texas? What a shithole of a city, right? Yeah. He's like, what about you? Where'd you go to school? He goes, oh, I went to OU. I was like, yeah, I would definitely rather go to Norman than Austin, right? I turned to the other guy who he's with. I was like, wouldn't you rather go to to Norman than Austin? He goes, actually, yeah, never even heard of Austin, Texas. I was like, okay, well, guess you're missing out on a life. Slouch. Then this kid gets in my face and he's like. I swear to God, he's like five five. 
He's <sighs> like five five, getting in my face. I'm like, bro. I was like, I'm six one. Like, I'm not huge. But like, you're not. Come on, you clean that kid's clothes. Right, right, right. So, so this, so this entire time, this kid is trying to like provoke me to fight him because he went to OU and like he's being like, when was the last time Texas had a Heisman? I was like, oh, like Ricky Williams and Earl Campbell. Was like, oh, yeah, we had back to back. Whatever. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, big deal. Sick. 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 Both transfers. They didn't recruit them. Good yeah, transfers. <laughs> right. Um, but basically the whole time, this kid's trying to get in my face and fight me. And I'm telling him right now, I'm like, dude, I'm doing you a favor from walking away from this fight. This because is like, this is you were half my size. And he goes, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Are you? I'm like, what? I hate people like that because like, like, you're 6'1", I'm 5'10". And it's like almost a little worse. It looks me. bad on me because it's a it's a lose lose. If I lose to this kid, I look soft. If I beat this kid you up, you look like an asshole. I look like an asshole because oh, like the five ten guy, the only person he could beat up on is I. Like me, like, give me the six two guy. I'll take yeah. the six two guy. I maybe, don't, maybe this kid was five seven. I don't know. I still had a lot of size. Five on five him. sounds small and, for a man. And and one of the it is probably <laughs> I was, I'm probably exaggerating. Yeah. Maybe five seven. Okay, but the the worst the worst chirp that he could say to me was. Oh, Look at this guy. Looks like he hasn't shaved in three days. That's horrible. That's all he said to me. That's horrible. And that's why I don't fight anymore because it's fucking stupid and pointless. Yeah. I, I, would, I can't imagine. In Los Angeles, you can't fight anybody either. Everyone's too nice. I also realized something. I, okay, I grew up in San Diego. Yeah. Right? And I moved to Texas when I was 11. So mm-hmm. I, have, I, was a, I was a kid there. And I would spend summers in San Diego. And I would go visit you know, family and stuff. But I'd never really gone out. Yeah, you know, I didn't really go and drink and have yeah. fun. And I realized this weekend mm-hmm. that San Diegans are so much more aggressive than people in Los Angeles. Dude, people in Los Angeles like are like, that's why I don't go to delis out here. No, I'm saying they're so much more aggressive in San Diego. I know. And I'm telling you, people are in Los Angeles, and this is my theory. Like, I went to like a deli type place this past day, a couple days ago. And it was one of the worst experiences I've ever had at a deli. And I realized that the delis out in Los Angeles most of the time suck. Because the people running the delis are too nice. They're soft. They're, I, listen, here's the deal. I walk into a deli, I know what I need. I walk into a deli, the guy behind the counter, boom, right from the get-go, is like, what do you want? If I don't answer in five seconds, he he's calls like, me. Bye. He's like, mama's boy, what do you want? And then, like the five guys behind him are like laughing at me. And they're all ganging up me. And it's like four guys who you know played high school football, then didn't go to college. And not like they weren't the quarterbacks. They weren't like the stars of the high school. These guys are like the linebackers who know how to hit somebody and make a sandwich. And that's what they like to do. They got two guys behind them who are super tanned because they just smoke a bunch of pack of cigarettes a day. They've been doing this for 20 years. And they're in tanning <laughs> so beds that's, once so that's a month. Like the New York. The New York delis. They're tan- they're so the LA delis are like the hipsters who just came from Oregon. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like, listen, like if you're if you don't if your deli doesn't have those four high school football players, the two tan the tan guys who are going to tanning beds once a month just like to end their lives a little quicker, and the two guys in the back who are so fat, but God is my witness, they can flip a carton of eggs. Boom. If I need twelve eggs, those guys are on the stove and they got it. They don't have that. In Los Angeles. No. Well, that, I mean, that's what I was. I, that's I like guess. I right. guess the thing that I was realizing was that Los Angeles is a city full of transplants, and everyone's trying to kind of make their own way. Yeah. And have this nice career of you know being in the entertainment industry. Yeah, everyone's like. Ch- and in San Diego, it's like guys who like work at bars that are like, I fucking love San Diego. I'm staying here for the rest of my life. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm not saying it's a shitty. Pl- it's a great place, but local San Diegans kind of go hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's a like, like let's do like Los Angeles. You know what? The crazy thing about Los Angeles in that sense is everyone's like doesn't want to you want to don't you can't step on anybody's toes because you never know who somebody listen you you shove that kid 
boom. Next thing you know, oh yeah, you know you just shoved fucking Spielberg's kid. Like, like, I That's think true. A, I think he's a daughter, but like a, he, he does I'm have a daughter. Playing, I'm playing like a hypothetical. We know a guy who used to date her. Yeah, I'm playing like a hypothetical. Hypothetical, of course. Like you shot, like you, boom. Next to your career's like fucked. Like, oh you yeah, know, you're yeah. never being in a movie again. Done, done. So. We we were out one time at the Victorian. I don't know if you remember this. This was probably like a year ago. We were out in Santa Monica at this bar called the Victorian. At the end of the night, also a good bar. Everyone was was outside. You actually have a funny story about the sweet chin music, but this is something different. So I told that in this show. Yeah, yeah, but this is different. So. These two guys get in a fight, and they're they're talking shit and they're pushing each other, and then they just start kicking each other, Ugh. and like in the shins and like on the <laughs> legs and stuff. And I asked the girl, I'm like, oh my god, like why are they why aren't they punching each other? They're just kicking each other. I was like, are they like Instagram models or something? Like they don't want to hurt their face. And she's like, you're actually right. I'm like, what? These two like Instagram models were fighting and didn't want to get each other's face fucked up, so they started kicking each other. That is the most anger man thing I've ever seen in my entire life. That I respect it honestly. It's so disgusting. I respect it. <laughs> you gotta respect that. Like, hey, like no touching of the hair or face. Let's just kick the shit out of each other's shins. Yeah, exactly. Damn. That's how I'm gonna fight. I, next time I'm gonna fight. Like, yo, watch the face. It's the money maker. Right. And it's not making that much money as it is. You know no. what I'm saying? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, be be careful who you fight in L.A. Yeah. Don't go. Don't fight anybody. I, I I think I've said this on the show before. Like, why are you fighting? Don't fight. Don't just do something. Else. Dance. Dance. dance off, dance off, like, dance off, dance off, dude. Or, or like, fake sweet chin music. Yeah, deal it. Listen, bro, nothing is more manly than a dance off. Dance off, dance me out of the, the, the place. That will embarrass me more. Yeah. Than losing a fight, I'd be way more embarrassed. I, losing a fight is kind of like everyone's over it. Will laugh about it, and you know whatever. If I lost a dance off in front of a group of people, that's like respect to the guy who beat me. Very cool of him to agree to do that. And three, I'm embarrassed. That like that really. Knocks my self-esteem because these people know I'm not like my feet aren't as happy as I say they are. I don't go around telling people, you know this, that I'm a legit. I'm a good fighter. I know that. Right. I'm not like a, an epic right. fighter. I'm a. But I go around telling I'm better than the normal dancer. So with that being said, are you? Are when you go into a dance off, do you kind of weigh out your battle and, and think, okay, can I beat this guy, or do you just take any competition? If I'm if I'm if I'm hammered, if you're not gonna back down from anybody if you're doing a dance. If I'm off. hammered and a gentleman and we're in a public place and another gentleman comes up to me and shoves me and tries to go for a fight, I'm like, dude, fuck, back off and fucking dance me off. But what if he down. looks like he's a sick dancer? Dude, just bring it, bro. He's gonna destroy leave you. Leave it, leave it on the pavement. Like pop lock and drop it. If he like pop locks and drops it in my face and the crowd goes crazy and he, I, he, I lose, I get KO'd in the first move. Like that's the dance off. And then you know what? There's no fist fight. Everyone has a laugh. You don't, the, the fist fights are down. I'm moving into the dance offs. Or do a runway off. Zoolander me. Zoolander, that'd be fun. Zool, let's get, let's fight, get in an alley and Zoolander. <sighs> God, I'd pay to see that. I would pay to see that. Like, what a two dude. Could do. you imagine? That's like the life we should. That's like the what the world should be. If the world was awesome, that's what it would be. The world is too violent. Too violent. I mean, come on. We 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 get off on watching people knock each other out in fucking boxing. Yeah, tables, ladders, and chairs. WWE. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fake. That's fake. Exactly. <laughs> Hey, Santa's real too. Hey, quick shout out to uh, Liverpool. Yeah, Nick, give him a shout out. Won the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um. Pretty badass. I don't know. Yeah, cool. Cool <laughs> beat, stuff. Beat Tottenham. Um, same ownership group that owns the Red Fenway, Sox. Fenway Sports Group. Yeah, so that's true. Good shout out. Really, uh, really nice. Yeah, <laughs> good stuff. And to the fans out there, drag both feet and bounce. Swing on a full count. Rip that puck. Hit that putt. Hit your PKs because they free. Hit your free throws. Why, guys? Oh, because they free. We out you. We love you. Let's go!
Baker. Puts it up. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.